0: Somebody say unhindered. If you're new here, you may not understand what that means, but uh, that is the word that the Lord has given us as a church this year, that we're to live a life that is unhindered. And from the beginning of the year until Easter, I have been preaching one continuous message, uh, many different uh, aspects, but we're, we're talking about how to get our lives Unhindered. In the book of Job, chapter 42 and verse 2, uh, Job says, I know that you, God, uh, can do anything and that all of your works and your plans are unhindered. So if God's plans are unhindered, there must be some reason why we're not seeing those things operate in our lives. And if it's not God's fault, it's our fault. And that's what we've been dealing with this entire year. And I'm using some props here if you're wondering what... What is going up here? Uh, we, we've got Flesh Bob and we've got Flat Bob. And, and uh, really what they represent is this, is this is our flesh. And this lovely uh, no-face character is our soul. Now, we're going to be talking about, and we have talked about in weeks past, that there are two bridges that we use to cross between the flesh and the soul. And those two bridges are the heart and the mind now last week I dealt specifically with issues of the heart if you've been following us on social media uh, we've had a lot of comical uh, uh, releases about that so uh, you can go back and check that out but this week we're going to start the process of dealing with this guy because this is a bridge between not only these two but also between where we're where we are and where we're trying to get to but we don't have time to talk about the spirit this morning because I didn't finish last week's message <laughs> and and I probably won't finish this week's message so I'm not going to bite off more than I can chew before I ever get started and what I'm discovering in 2023 is it is difficult to find a church culture where they talk about the supernatural as a matter of fact I don't want to I, I I don't want to make you think uh, less of other churches because I don't know how they feel or or what they uh, what they try to accomplish in their services but the church as uh, as the whole group doesn't really want to deal with things because we think that the supernatural is weird and so they don't want to talk about the supernatural in church but the problem is the world has no problem talking about the supernatural If you look on television and see commercials for new coming movies, it seems to me like 70, 80% of all the new movies coming out all deal with spiritual, demonic, supernatural kind of things. So Hollywood loves it, but the church doesn't want to talk about it. And the problem is, when the church is silent, people get misguided. Because what happens is, if we won't talk about it and give them a biblical worldview of the supernatural, then all they get to learn from is Hollywood and the Internet. And that's not coming from God's plan. Amen. So, so, so when we don't want to deal with it, we, we leave it up to other people to deal with it. So uh, I, I want to talk to you this morning specifically about something I call hereditary bruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that'll make more sense as I, as I dive into it. But when the church won't talk about angels... And demons and the supernatural, we get this idea that Hollywood feeds us of what the demonic looks like. Can I set the record straight before I ever get started this morning? Demons don't look like what you've seen in Hollywood. As a matter of fact, they don't ever show up looking like they do in the movies. Demons don't show up with horns on their head, wearing a red union suit and a a forked tail. The Bible says that the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. In other words, evil always shows up looking good. Oh, see, see, I'm already preaching if you're waiting on me to get there. As a matter of fact, I'll take it one step further. Evil often manifests itself in the form of a person. Oh, it's going to get a lot quieter than that in here before I'm through. Can I tell you something? Whenever God wants to bless you, he sends a person. Whenever the enemy wants to curse you, he... Yeah. uh huh. Here's what I've noticed in my life. You don't want to take, uh, you don't want to take uh, that as, as truth. Let me tell you what has happened in my life. When the right people come into my life, good things happen to me. When the wrong people exit my life... Bad stuff that was happening to me stops happening to me. It's that simple. Uh, You're not just known by the company you keep. You are influenced by the company that you keep. Absolutely. So so we're in the middle of trying to help people. Okay. If you're you're new here you haven't been part of this series, let me explain to you uh, a, a good launching place for me to get into this message. We're in the middle of trying to help people get delivered from things that they are fighting and have been fighting for may, maybe their entire life and they don't even know what it is that they are swinging at. They're fighting and they're, they're losing battles and they don't even realize what it is that they are uh, attempting. They scratch and they claw in their spiritual life to get one inch ahead and there's like a spiritual bungee cord tied to their back and it snaps them back and for every step forward they take they they seem to regress a mile and they can't understand they do things they don't want to do we we had the scripture last week where we're in the book of Romans and we're dealing with this concept Paul said the stuff that I don't want to do that's what I do as a matter of fact he said it like this the stuff I hate Is the things I do. And the stuff that I want to do, the good that I desire to do, I can't do that because I'm so wrapped up and busy doing the wrong stuff. So so some people in this room, you have feelings and you don't understand why you have those feelings. You're up at 2 a.m. looking at stuff on the internet and you hate it and you don't know why you do it. You've got relationship after broken relationship after broken relationship, and it's the same joker, different color hair, but he's the same dude. And you cannot, for the life of you, figure out why you attract bums. I told you it's gonna get more quiet in here. You cannot, for the life of you, figure out why every woman that you meet is crazy. That every woman that you've ever dated, either she went to jail or you did. You can't figure out why it's always happening to you. Over and over. And, and there's a reason for all of that. I want you to understand. There's a reason for all that. It's not just how you were raised. It's, it's not luck of the draw. There's a reason for all of that. And I can't fix your problems, but I can't expose them. And that's what we've been working on. That's what we've been working on. So, if you're caught up in these destructive Manners of things that just continually bother you, oppress you Some of you have fought depression your whole life And you know you have a good life You know know that your life is not so bad That you should wake up every day just dreading to draw breath And you cannot for the life you figure out Why do I feel this way? There's a reason for all that And and that's what we're dealing with So uh, uh, in America right now, especially since the pandemic Suicide rates are at an all-time high People are, uh, in this generation, being medicated at a rate, multiplied rate, higher than any generation before us. And listen, I'm not anti-medication. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Because I know people in my personal life that needs medication just to function normally. So I'm not telling you that medication does not have its place. I'm not telling you that therapy doesn't have its place because it can be very beneficial. However, if you listen to the world, they'll tell you that medication and therapy is the only solution to all the problems. And when you ignore the fact that there's supernatural entities at work in your life, then you'll try to medicate and therapy. And can I tell you that demons don't medicate well? And you can't send a demon to therapy. When it comes to the supernatural, it has to be cast out and it has to be broken. So... That's what we're dealing with. Our series is called Flesh Wounds, okay? And and we have dealt with this because we're talking about who we are when we first start out. We're in the the flesh. We call this guy Flesh Bob. You're saying, why does he have a lime green toboggan on? Because this is promise of victory gear. That's how you know he's saved, because he wears Jesus gear. Because all it takes is coming to the altar one time, saying a prayer, and slap a toboggan on your head, everybody knows you love the Lord. The problem is getting this joker to turn into this guy. We've got Flesh Bob, we've got Flat Bob, meet Flash Bob. So we've got our flesh, we've got our soul, we've got our spirit. This guy loves Jesus. When you get saved, this guy wants to do the will of his heavenly father. The problem is we have two bridges that connects this guy with him, and it's the same two that connects them with him. And it's called the heart, which we dealt with at length last week, and then we've got this guy. Yeah, that, that, we, we call him Ryan. So, so, and if you don't know Pastor Ryan, he's the biggest brain I know, so this is why we call him Ryan. He, So, I like to watch car auctions on TV, Barrett Jackson and and all those different kinds of auctions. A few weeks ago, I was watching a Barrett Jackson auction, and they ran a Ferrari through, and it went for $250,000. And this guy seemed so happy. It was amazing to me how these people spend $100,000, $150,000, and then they're so happy they won. And I'm like, You just spent $100,000 on a car. Like, I'd be crying. So so there was this Ferrari, and it sold for $250,000. And do you know what that car has in common with your car? I know, you said, not much. (laughs) That no matter how much the exterior and the interior of something is worth, if you don't have four inflated tires, you're not going forward. That car, when they pulled it off the racks, they got it in the back, one of the tires went flat, and I laughed. I mean, I wasn't like schadenfreude or anything. I wasn't like taking advantage of their hurt. But I was like, he just paid $250,000 for a car with a flat tire. (laughs) And here's what I know about cars. In order for that car to ever move forward, they're going to have to get some air in that tire. It's the same in your car as it is in their car. That it doesn't matter what the total package is worth. If you don't have four inflated tires, you're not moving forward. The reason I bring that up is this. A lot of you are doing a lot of the right things. I believe you are I believe a lot of you want to serve the Lord you want to be the right person you want to do right I believe you're doing a lot of the right things but if you get one or two things wrong consistently your life will not move forward and that's what's happening in a lot of our lives that we love the Lord we're trying to serve him we're trying to do the very best we can but some of you have got a couple of spiritual flat tires and you're doing consistently the wrong things. And because you're doing the wrong things consistently, your life is not moving forward. Your marriage is not moving forward. Your financial life is not moving forward. Your prayer life is not moving forward. Would you like to learn how to get those tires inflated this morning? Yeah. Yeah. So in the words of Hans and Franz, I'm here to pump you up, okay? And... Uh, because here's, here, here's, here's the problem. If you're, if, you're not, if you're not rolling on four good tires, you're not moving forward, and the devil knows that. So he would love to keep you deflated. He would love to keep your life hindered. And there were some ideas I was trying to get to last week, but um, I guess worship went too long because I couldn't finish. And uh, better to blame them than me, right? So I'm going to stay right here uh, as much as I can and try to get this out to you, okay? Last week I told you that the devil does not make you sin. Flip Wilson was wrong. The devil did not make you do it. What the devil did was he knows what desire is inside of you. Last week we talked about fishing. So he knows the desire that's in you and he gives that desire an opportunity to come out. So this guy... This is you in the flesh. He has desires. Oh, you got quiet on me. You act act like I don't know. Everybody around you knows you're a phony. Go ahead and say amen. This guy, just because he gets saved does not mean he loses his appetite for the wrong stuff. He has desires, and what the devil does is he knows what those desires are. So he sends you in a direction to where this picks up the desire this will follow the desire your mind will get fixated on the right thing or the wrong thing and it all depends on which direction you point it that's going to become important for the rest of this series because whatever you set this to determines whether you end up here or here are you with me listen temptation is real as a matter of fact temptation is so real that it's what the devil depends on to get your mind headed in the wrong direction but the problem with temptation is this when you face temptation you get the you get the worst advice ever when you come to church most churches tell you one of two things about temptation number one That you'll never get past it, which is wrong. Number two, you should be so spiritual that you're never tempted, which is also wrong. The real truth about temptation is, it's very real. It will never leave you, but you can overcome it. That's what the Bible teaches us about temptation. What does temptation depend on? It depends on one of two things to happen in your life. And it's all going to depend on what your mind gets set on. Are you ready for this? the first thing that your that uh, temptation is going to depend on is something called instant gratification. You want, when you're in the, this guy is your soul. He is your mind, your will, and your emotions. This guy determines whether you end up like him or like him because he processes the word of God. He also processes your temptations. So he loves instant gratification. Oh, yes, he does. He loves a dopamine hit. He likes to feel the adrenaline rush. He's the one that chases that pretty thing. He's the one that can't get enough on Friday night. When everybody else is saying, don't you think it's time to go home? He says, ha, go home No! Woo! That's him. That's where you get your energy from. This is where you get your... That he loves to chase the dopamine here. And the thing about it is, is you have to decide here whether you're going to set your mind this direction or this direction. Because the same mind that chases the flesh will also chase the spirit. And you have to make up your mind here which one you're hungry for. Because he depends on, you want instant gratification? Now instant gratification will get you in trouble. Because you will jump into something. My God, I can't, I can't be real in here, can I? Y'all already? You will jump into something to get instant gratification. Like the wrong bed. Like Like a needle like a bottle of pills like a bottle of booze you'll jump into something to get instant gratification because you're trying to escape pain or because you, you, you know you want to numb yourself down or you want to lift yourself up and you have learned that that's the quickest way to get yourself alleviated from what you're feeling because you have not yet learned the mind of Christ which teaches you to run to this guy and let him get his feelings from above And you've not yet learned how to get that rush. So you're seeking instant gratification. That's what temptation depends on, number one. The second thing that temptation depends on, if it can't can't tempt you through instant gratification, it tempts you through uh, long-term justification. And what I mean by that? It means that eventually, if you want something bad enough, you will start talking yourself into... Why you're allowed to do it. Long-term justification because here's a truth that you may not know. When you want to sin, you can figure out clever ways to justify it. One of the things you say is nobody's ever had it as bad as I've had it. Nobody's ever been in my situation. I'm the only one who's ever had... I've ne- I'm so lonely. Nobody knows what it's like to be this lonely. Come on now. You know better than that, but you will try to justify your relationship because your mind, your will, and your emotions is training this guy to point the wrong direction. Are you tracking me? A person who is in their soul trying to reach their spirit if you do not change your actions, you will eventually have to change what you believe. If you refuse to chase Him and conform your actions to what God wants you to do, you will have to change your mind and say, I don't believe that. Because your conscience Can't handle the contradiction Your conscience comes to church And says I love Jesus And your actions are betraying you So you start having to make up excuses Why? But after the excuses run out You have to switch your mind And that's why some people come to church for a season And they do real good And then they disappear Because they had to change way they believed if they wouldn't let go of the way they were acting oh uh, this that's good that's that was worth your trip to church you might as well call this guy we call him flat Bob but you might as well call him ego because it's your ego that will keep you from spiritual growth because you want what you want and you will make up excuses to get it if you want it bad enough are you, are you okay? I haven't hurt your feelings yet, right? Temptations are individual. I can't cast out temptations because temptations live on the inside of you and they're custom tailor fit just for you. What tempts you may not tempt me. So I can't preach about your temptations. But what I can preach about, teach about, is something called sin. The problem that you have training this guy Is not your IQ it's a three-letter word that the world don't like to talk about anymore S I let's talk about it the world don't want to talk about it so maybe we should so aren't all sins the same what did James teach us last week if you was here but James says that that at the end of this you know sin we conceive it right we get pregnant with it. First is the enticement, is what we said. Then there's a conception. Something gets birthed on the inside of us. Then you do it enough times, it becomes a habit. And then once the devil has you in a habit, see, <laughs> see some of y'all need to go in your phone, and if you're not going to delete the number, you ought to change their name to habit. Because if you, if you ain't spiritual enough yet to cut the cord completely and throw their number away, you ought to at least call them what they are. That's my habit. <laughs> once, once you've sinned enough, that sin becomes a habit. And then what, what happens? You give birth to something called death. So all sin, unrepented for, leads to death. Okay, but... Are all sins the same? Well, yes and no. Listen to what Jesus said about Judas in John chapter 19, verse 11. For this reason, he who delivered me up to you has the greater sin. Now, Jesus just said that Judas's betrayal was the greater sin sin how could he say it was the greater sin if all sins are equal how, how why would he call what Judas did a greater sin it, it, it is saying something nasty about your boss a sin yep but is it the same level of debauchery as betraying the Son of God no so let's look at Psalms 32 and 5 I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgive the iniquity of my sin. Now that's a mouthful. I'm going to do it again, okay? I acknowledged my, say that word, sin to you. And did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my Transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my. Okay, so let's break this scripture down. Leave that up there if you would, please. Look how David separates three things. He said there are something called sin, there's something called transgressions, and there's something called iniquities. Okay? And he shows us that they are three different things. It's not a long list, but hear me. This list describes every single thing that is trying to get you to become a lesser version of yourself. These three things are trying to bring you down to a lower version of what God's trying to build you up into being. So so these things are the things that comes between you having a great prayer life. These are the things that stands between you and reading the Word of God, praising God, having conviction, and Living a life that is pleasing to God. All sin that is not con- con- confessed and, 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 and brought to the surface and dealt with will bring death. If you don't repent for sins, the end is death. Can you say amen? But some sins are more perverse than others. And they carry a harsher penalty both in heaven and right now. This is why I need to address this in this generation, because we think, well, all sins are equal, and I've, I've asked God to forgive me, and then we just go back out and do whatever we want to do, because that's what this guy lives for. This guy lives to feed his flesh. He loves when him and this guy are hooked up. But what you need to understand is the difference between sins transgressions and iniquities can I go a little deeper here's what the definition of sin is sin simply means to miss the mark now I used to be a deer hunter I used to hunt a lot and I used to use a bow and arrow and and this basically means not just I shot my arrow at the target and I did not hit the bullseye it basically means I missed the whole target like God has a standard yes say yes I know, this, I know the world today don't think that there's any standards, but God still has a standard. He has a standard called holiness, and he has a standard called righteousness, and, and God expects us to live to his standard. I know that's a shock to some of y'all. What? Yeah, he really does. But the, fo- the problem is we are fallen, and we will never hit the mark. That's why we need Jesus. So Jesus and, and our repentance covers our sins because we're constantly missing the mark. Some of y'all missed the mark four times before you had your coffee this morning. Yeah, because you're constantly missing the mark. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So, 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 so that's why you need Jesus. And that's why grace is so important because you're, you're going to miss the mark. You'll never get so holy that you will quit missing the mark. But that's where grace comes in. That's, and that is sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, let me tell you something about uh, uh, sin. Sin can be on purpose and it can be accidental. And that's why grace covers a multitude of sins because sometimes you sin and don't even realize it. Because we are constantly living out of Uh, Direct fellowship with God It's just our sin nature It can be on purpose It can be accidental It can be because of what you did It can be because of what you didn't do Commission, omission That's what James chapter 4 teaches us So that's the first level We all have sin Yes we Look around, you're sitting around a bunch of sinners Introduce yourself You're in good company You thought you was all alone you're sitting around a bunch of sinners okay so that's the first level but now let's in the words of Emeril that great prophet let's kick it up a notch after we leave sin we enter to transgressions transgressions is more serious because it means to intentionally disobey or willfully trespass God's commands in other words transgressions is when you are living in rebellion to God you know what he said but you are living in him anyway you know what this word says you know what his commands are but you're living to please this guy that's transgressions do you see why that's more serious than just missing the mark you can miss the mark accidentally you can miss the mark by not doing the right thing or by doing the wrong thing. It's just Sin is just those things that, you, that, that you're just going to have. But transgressions? Transgressions is when you say, I know what it says, but I don't care. Level three. Now we're going even deeper because iniquity means twisted or bent. Iniquity is when This guy's supposed to be pointed this way, but it's twisted or it's bent toward him. Iniquity is when I, in my life, in my flesh, in my actions, in my devotions, I am twisted. I'm supposed to be heading this direction because I know what the word says, but I am twisted or I am bent. And let me explain to you what that does to you it is a perversion of the truth it turns your attitude into a twisted premeditated act to commit sin can I get real with you sin is when you flirt with somebody you know you shouldn't that's sin it can happen because you can make mistakes that's sin you repent of sin you squash sin you go the next, you go the opposite direction that's sin transgression is when that flirt turns into much much more because has anybody ever said the phrase i got carried away oh i'm the only one Okay, just me, just the preacher. Y'all pray for me. I'm not as holy as you. That's what happens. Transgression is when my sin went too far. And now I have made a mistake. And now we wake up the next morning. And we have transgressed against our father. And we have a decision to make. We're either going to continue to feed this guy. Well, we're going to turn from our wicked ways. And we're going to chase after this. And we're going to say, I've got to put some boundaries up. I've got to delete some numbers. I've got to admit my mistake both to him and to him. And I'm going to have to change because transgressions will turn into iniquities. Iniquities is when I premeditate. Go back. When I premeditate and make plans... See, transgression, it just happened. I got carried away. Shouldn't have flirted in the first place. Should have dealt with it then, but I didn't. And it transgressed into transgressions. And now we got too handsy, and we got alone, and we got in the wrong place, and we shouldn't have been alone, and something happened, and we transgressed. And now, if I don't deal with it at this level, the enemy comes in, and this guy loves to feed this guy's intensity and emotions and what he desires his appetite and when we start feeding him we can't get enough of it and now instead of using the excuse it just happened now we're renting hotel rooms we're premeditating we're making plans we're sending the wrong text and the wrong messages and you know and he knows what y'all are y'all not gonna help me This is too real for some of y'all. And the reason I want to deal with this is because the danger that iniquity has, not just in you, iniquity is passed down from generation to generation. Oh, you don't believe me. Let's look at the Word of God. Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. So this explains the, ge- the difference between sin and iniquity. Let me help you. If you got mad at Walmart yesterday, number one, I don't blame you. But if you got mad at Walmart yesterday and cussed somebody out, God's not visiting that to the third and fourth generation. Hello? He, he's not going to hold your grandchildren uh, uh, responsible because You cussed somebody out and showed them that you carry a bird in your car. But iniquity affects more than just you. Listen to what the Bible says. To the third and the fourth generations. Why do you think alcoholism runs rampant through certain families? Why do you think sexual perversion runs through different families? Why do you think things like jealousy if mama was angry and anxious maybe you are too if mama lived in constant fear you see it in your life does anybody know what i'm talking about that this is what this is what happens and and let me let me show you something else too this is not just this guy knows no bounds okay if we don't point him in the right direction he can do all kinds of heinous stuff for instance Three and four generations of this guy's heritage will be racist. Oh, it got quiet in here. Y'all act like y'all never knew any racist people. This guy will be greedy. His kids will be greedy. His grandkids will be greedy. Because he's passing it from generation. <clears throat> this is too real for some of y'all. This guy worships at the altar of career and my status in society and i got to have all the flashy cars and i got to have a Rolex on each wrist. His kids will pick that up. His grandchildren will suffer from that because the iniquity is running down through the generations. David lusted after Bathsheba. His son Solomon dealt with that devil because what one generation refuses to take care of the next generation will face. Are you with me? Let me give you a demonstration. Uh, could you put the first picture up there for me? I showed this before a couple years ago. This is a picture I took out on my walks. Um, I, I walk around my neighborhood when the weather's good. I, I like to get out and just walk and get some fresh air. And this is a, a picture I took. The neighbors didn't know I took it. I had to sneak it. But... but um, do you know what you're looking at well don't say it because some of y'all was here cheaters, but can you zoom in for me a little bit now do you see maybe a seat or a fender or maybe a tire? you know what you're looking at? That's a riding lawnmower and 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 you know that's a that's a lawnmower that the weeds have grown over top of and the reason I watched this happen in real time. Every day when I walked in my neighborhood, I watched these vines just grow up and overtake this lawnmower. And I thought, that'll preach. Because what it tells me is whatever I don't take care of will soon overtake me. See, see, lawnmowers are supposed to cut down weeds. And when you refuse to cut down the stuff that you have authority over, the things that you should have cut down will eventually overtake. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't overcome it, it will eventually overcome you. So sin left unchecked will eventually become transgressions. Transgressions not dealt with will soon become iniquities. And now you're not just messing with you. Hereditary bruises. You're passing something along in the bloodline. David continued committing worse and worse sins. first, First it was the lust of the eye. He saw her. Then he started scheming how he could get her. He got her in the palace. Then first comes love, next comes adultery. And after he had impregnated a woman that he should not have had because she was married to one of his soldiers, he had to start lying. And when the lies wasn't working, and he couldn't get Uriah that hit tight to go home to his wife to make believe like he was the one that put a baby inside of her womb, he had to graduate to murder. Because that's what sin does to you. Whatever you refuse to deal with will eventually overcome you. It will swallow you. Because this thing doesn't just stop because you had a one-night fling. This thing gets inside of you. It metastasizes like a cancer. And you can't just shed it because you came to church on Sunday. See, let me help you because you don't know what you're looking at most of the time. Iniquity is always below the surface. So in some families it's an addiction. It's an addiction. Like daddy was a drunk, I was a drunk. Now my kids are drunk. It just you can see it run through the families. And 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 some sometimes like in the Mitchum house it was anger issues. My daddy was a mean mean man. I was a mean mean man, and I was passing that along to. I, well, I married a mean mean woman. <laughs> still pray for her because I'm, I'm over my anger, but she still. We're hard on people because we see their sins. Because the sins is what comes to the surface. Sins are the actions. Iniquities are the reasons. Whew, this is good. See, 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 sins is what's on display. So you look at a drunk and you judge them because of the thing that they're doing. The drink that they're taking. The, the display. You're judging them. You're, you're upset with them. You're hurt by their actions. But their actions is the sin. And what we often deal with is the what without dealing with the why. The iniquity is the why. And if we never deal with the why, the what will never go away. So we come up and we lay hands on people and we say, God, I pray that they'll be delivered from this addiction. But the addiction is the what. We have to pray about that iniquity and get that iniquity. That's the why. That's why they're addicted. That's why they're caught in sexual perversions. That's why they are angry. That's why they're gambling their life away. And it's, it's the compulsion. You look at them and you say, just stop. You look at the addict, whether it's gambling, whether it's sexual perversion, whether it's addiction to drugs or alcohol, and you say, just quit doing it because you're judging the sin. But it's not that easy because the sin is just what comes to the surface. The iniquity is the problem. And the iniquity, I'm going to show you in the next two weeks. I've got two more weeks of this. I'm going to show you why the iniquity. We're going to take two weeks just to deal with why the iniquity does not just go away. Because it could be perversion, it could be addiction, and we get stuck on trying to figure out the what when the real problem is the why. Is this helping anybody? So I'm going to spend the next two weeks talking about how we can break iniquity. And it's not easy. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not as easy going to a 12-step program. Because that's dealing with the, the sin. But the sin come out of a root of iniquity. Let me show you what iniquity is. Iniquity leads to rebellion. No fear of God. Unnatural affections. And a depraved mind. This is what Romans chapter 1 teaches us. Iniquity leads to rebellion. No fear of God. Unnatural affections That's that's when people don't know who they're attracted to and why That's when mothers can kill their own Abort their own children Because it's unnatural affection It's, It's when people can just beat other people to death with their bare hands Because it's unnatural affection Why are we like that? Because of iniquity Iniquity is below the surface And here's the things You're controlled by your appetite. The devil knows this, and so does Jesus. And that's why Jesus tells you to get an appetite for righteousness. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So this guy's controlled by his appetites. And if his appetite is to get that shot of adrenaline, Whatever that rush is, that rush could be a million different temptations because they, we all have different ones. And, and what, what satisfies you may not satisfy me. I can't for the life of me figure out why people want to do drugs. I can't get it through my head, but I understand they don't want to do it either. I get it, I, but I don't understand why they would ever want to do it in the first place. I also don't know why somebody like me would want to do it. I can't do it. Like, never one time have I ever looked at another guy and said, that's a striking handsome young man. I've I just it's just not in me, okay? That that sea's not in. Me. I said something like that last week and y'all all clapped and I thought, was there ever a question? Was y'all Cause I went back and watched the video and I said I wasn't in the guys and y'all all clapped and I was like Like were y'all concerned? Because I'll go back and watch the video on y'all. Like, I don't understand it, but I know that it's iniquity. That when you look at people's lives and you say, what they're doing makes no sense. You're right. It makes no sense because what you're judging is what has come to the surface. But what's controlling it is below the surface. This unnatural affections, uh, no fear of God, and a depraved mind. A depraved When this thing gets full of iniquity, it will drive a person crazy. Now, man, I ain't going to finish again. I'm not going to finish again. I ain't even got to Deuteronomy 28 yet. There's like 32 verses. I told you, I come every week loaded for bear. I've got more scripture in this sermon series than ever before. Uh, let, let, me, let me at least start Deuteronomy 28, okay? If you don't know what Deuteronomy 28 is, it's the blessings and cursings chapter. Uh, Israel was uh, in, the, in the valley, and, and, and part of them went up on Mount Gerizim, and part of them went up on Mount Orb, and they were yelling back and forth, blessings and cursings, okay? So, so this is the picture. Now, you have to understand who Israel was at this time. Uh, It's a very long chapter, and this is the story of Israel getting to know their God. They don't know who God is. They have been in Egyptian captivity for 420 years. Just just to give you uh, uh, an idea of how long that is, America has barely been a nation half that amount of time. So imagine everything that we have that we call on the 4th of July, what we celebrate as our heritage, twice that long. They were captives. They were slaves in Egypt. So they don't know who God is. They're trying to learn who God is. And Moses is having to teach them. So the first thing he did is he went up on the mountain and he got the Ten Commandments. And he said, here's God's standards. Here's God's laws. And now Moses is about to die. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, this is like one of his last sermons he's going to preach. He's at the end of his life. And he's giving them what we call the moral code. Okay? Okay? In Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I commanded you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Stop right there. God is a, is a if you, then I'll God. That, that's what He's establishing here. He's saying, if you... Then I'll. Are you with me? What he's actually saying is, you hold the key to how much of me you get. You, you control how much of my blessings that I open to you because if you, then I'll. In other words, God could bless your socks off. But you hold the key. And so he, that, that is what, that's what he's saying. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. They will run you over. Because, if you then I'll, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Why? Because you obeyed the voice of the Lord. Now let's read some of them, okay? I can't read them all. It's a very long chapter, and I just want to get you enough to get the gist of it. Verse 3. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go. Whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you, and they will flee and run away from you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different ways. In other words, your enemy will come through one door, and they'll get so scared of you because the blessing on your life, they'll run out seven different directions to get away from you. And after this is about 15 or 20 more verses all saying, blessed you shall be, and blessed you shall be. If you, then I will. I will give you this blessing. So your blessings, I hate that I have preached 49 minutes and I'm only here. Your blessings are built into God's formula. I need you to get this. Your blessings are built into God's formula. He said, if you, then I'll. If you obey my commandments, then these blessings, not only did he say you'll have them, he said they'll run you over. You will absolutely get run over by the blessings. Now, there are laws at work in the earth. Hello? You ever heard of gravity? Anybody opposed to gravity? Some of y'all don't like gravity because you said stuff that used to be up here has fallen. I'm not a big fan of gravity anymore. But how many of you know whether you like it or you don't like it, doesn't matter, doesn't change it. Like if you don't say, oh, I, just don't believe, I don't believe in the law of gravity, just run off and jump off the end of this building and see if it matters if you believe in it. Because I promise you, it will become a reality in your life. There are certain laws in this earth that you just can't escape. Some spiritual laws are the same way, like sowing and reaping. It says whatever you sow is coming back to you. So, so listen, if you want to change your life, change what you're throwing out. Don't, don't, don't try to change everybody else. Change what you're putting out because whatever you sow, you will reap. That's a law. You can't get away from it. And, one, and this is another one of those laws. Listen to what he says. The laws are at work and they have been built into a system Of reward for discipline if you do this I will do this but God has designed the system and when you flow in his system blessing won't just follow you it'll run you over but he didn't just put blessing in the system because when you keep reading the Bible teaches us that he built the system to respond your choices so it's not just blessings that's in the system it's also curses he built the system to respond to whose choices so it's not mama's fault and it's not your boss's fault and it's not your spouse's fault it's the choices you have made that determines whether blessings are running you over or cursings are running you over Oh yeah, this is when we get real quiet because in the age of victimhood we want to blame everybody else for our problems but the Bible says that you are standing exactly where you chose to be. Yeah. So he built the system. That's why you can't afford to come in here once a week and be casual about God the rest of the week. Because what you ignore and what you rebel against is going to show up in your life. Mm. So, so, There are, in this chapter, Deuteronomy 28, there are 14 blessings. There are 34 curses. Hmm? Verse 15 says, But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God, do not obey all His commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses shall come over you. Look what it says. Look what it says. And overcome you. So it said your blessings will run you over and overtake you. Look right here. It also says... Man, I wish I had time to dive into this. Because it also says that you are going to be overcome by the curses. My God. Generational curses pass from one generation to the next generation, pass to the next. Because iniquity is visited from three and four generations down. Some of you are fighting stuff you didn't even plant. Because you are being being overcome by curses. That have been visited to your family for generations. Look, verse 16. Your towns and fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. The same stuff that was going to be blessed will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Notice he says... If you ignore God, it's going to affect your offspring. Notice how quiet it got in here? I was talking about blessings. Y'all was, y'all was cheerleading for Jesus. Now I start talking about the exact opposite because the same rules apply. And you're off. What you do to, 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 to breed iniquity in your life messes with your kids. it puts a curse on your grandchildren why? because these blessings can be passed to the next generation but so can these curses and what's that mean? that means you didn't just get mama's brown eyes you got some stuff from her and your daddy that goes beyond how big or little your nose is why, why, do, you think, why do you think when you go to the doctor the first thing they ask you is is there any heart disease on? y'all not going to help me This is too real for most of y'all. When you go to the doctor, the first thing they say is, your your blood pressure's high. Do you have a history of high blood pressure in your... Why? Because they know that if they can trace your problem through the blood they can diagnose what your issue is because if there's a history of it in your family, that will tell them why you are the way you are. And if you can trace high blood pressure through the blood, then maybe you ought to be looking through the blood to find your reason for the curses that you... Shh. Shh. See, some of y'all don't even know what you're dealing with. Some of you have no idea why you feel the way you feel. Why am I drawn to this? Why do I have this compulsion? Why do I get up and do the things I hate? Why do I feel so so, so inadequate? Why do I get rid of this joker and pick up some scumbag? Different dude, different hairstyle, same guy. Oh, y'all know, it got so quiet when I do that. Because stuff is passed through the blood. Iniquity can go three and four generations deep. Let me me show you what the definition of a bruise is. Because I'm talking about hereditary bruising. Bruise is when an injury to the blood vessels that marks the skin and is caused by a or an impact. It's when trauma causes you to bleed on the inside. It's when trauma causes you to bleed you don't, your skin don't burst and it doesn't come out, it's bleeding on the and as it is in the natural so it is in the spiritual when some of you have hereditary bruises you're bleeding on the inside and you don't even know why because some of you some of you are where you are because you made the choice to be where you are and some of you are fighting that thing not because of what you did but because generations ahead of you. You don't believe me? You're going to face daddy's devil at some point. Ask Solomon. Ask Isaac. They had to deal with what their fathers refused to deal with because if one generation don't stop it, it will be passed to the next generation. And the offspring of your herds and your flocks will be cursed. So that means your finances will be affected. There are people that work day and night, night and day, and they cannot get ahead. They work themselves to death. I know people that are great parents, and their kids are crazy. Listen, I fight this. Some of you know my son struggles. And can I tell you, none of our children are perfect, but our son and the struggles he's had with addiction, he's engaged in stuff that has nearly drove us crazy and has challenged our faith and almost crushed our spirits. Can I be honest this morning? And, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. I have looked back over the last 10 years, and I've looked at heaven and i said, God, I did not sow to this. You hear me, because I did not sow to this. That's not the example I set for my child. I was a good father. I was present. I taught them to pray. I taught them the word. I I was present in their life. I went to the ball games. I took them to the practices. I was engaged. My wife was present in their life. We put the right stuff into them. And then to see something manifest out of them that we did not put into them, I could not figure it out for the life of me. And I would wring my hands and I would fast and I'd pray and it didn't seem like nothing was working. I said, God, I don't even know where this stuff came from. Because I did not teach them this. I, but according to this scripture, it could have came to my son from somebody I don't even know, because it's past iniquity from three and four generations. My God, some of you come from families like mine that did not honor God, and all they passed down to you was trouble. And this means when you what you are dealing with publicly they struggled with privately. And nobody ever messed with it and dealt with it. And they handed you something. And you are handing it to the next generation. So we need to get our minds right before we curse our own offspring and bruise them. So this is not something that that God's causing Did you see the formula and how it works? Did, did you notice that it says blessed you shall be and cursed you shall be? In other words, these things are following you. It says they'll come upon you. They will overtake you. They will chase you. Will ch- I'm going to be honest with you. There's been seasons of my life where I have definitely felt chased by God's blessings. When, when we when we got this building out of nowhere, after three years of praying and begging God, when, when this building came available and it all just worked out, I felt chased by God's blessings. There's been seasons in my life where I I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I, I cert, certainly wasn't because of my intellect or my high anointing. It was just like I turned around and blessings over here. Everywhere I t- like the song says, everywhere I turn, blessing, blessing, blessing. I, I, I've had those seasons. But I'm going to tell you that Those seasons don't compare to the seasons where it seems like the cursings are chasing me. The struggles and the pain and the suffering and the tears I've cried. I ought to at least be able to dance as long as I've cried. Yes, I know today is a day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But sometimes I'm rejoicing while I'm going through hell. Sometimes I'm shouting even though the walls ain't fell yet. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, I'm going to keep serving the Lord. Yes, I love the Lord. Yes, I'm grateful that He's brought me this far. But I get tired. Because listen to what it says. Listen to the verbiage it says. It says that these things will chase you down and overtake you. And I love it when I'm overtook by blessings. But when you get in a wrestling match with curses... Especially with curses that you didn't pick. But it came down through the blood. And was donated to you against your... My God in heaven. Most people don't want to admit it. But we are here because of the decisions that we we made. Solomon was handed a bad deal by David. But David made a choice. And 80%... 90% 90% of what you're going through right now, you're going through it because the choices that you made, it has got you to right here. Wow. I'm just going to jump ahead. I told you the book's going to have more in it than I'll ever get to preach. because. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. And listen, by the way, you're never going to get so holy that you won't sin. We're living in a flesh body. I mean, until this old mortal body falls off and we get an immortal body, that's when you'll stop sinning. But as long as you're breathing air, you'll make mistakes. You'll miss the mark. Can I tell you, God's not sitting in heaven with a fistful of lightning bolts just waiting on you to mess up so he can smite you. I always imagine God because I came up in the old holiness church. I thought, he was, I thought he was setting up in heaven with a slingshot. Pew, pew, pew. Just waiting on me to mess up. But can I tell you, he's not even angry with your sins because you missed the mark. The Bible says in the book of Psalms he remembers your frame that you were made from the dust. He understands you're not perfect. The problem is not your sin. It's when you refuse to repent of it. Because when you repent of it, repent doesn't mean say sorry. Because if anybody's ever been married to an alcoholic or a mean, abusive man, you know that he can say sorry but keep doing it. Repent doesn't mean to apologize. It means to turn around and go the other way. So when I repent of my sins, I stop doing them. When I refuse to repent, they turn into transgressions. If I have transgression laying around long enough, I become numb. Paul calls it, my conscience gets seared. This guy, he's black because it's like the devil has put an iron on him and seared him. He's done. He's overcooked. He's the way I don't like my steaks. Because my conscience gets seared. I no longer feel conviction. I no longer feel guilty because my transgressions have gotten a hold of me. And I have, now I'm moving to iniquity. And iniquity is when I say, I don't need this religion stuff. I don't need this Jesus stuff. I don't need that pastor telling me I'm living wrong. He don't understand my situation. I'm different. I know that's good for all them other people, but I'm different. And we start making excuses for us living in sin. Because this has decided that's not as important as satisfying this we've all sinned we've all tasted transgressions some of y'all you're sitting in here with iniquity you've gotten so callous toward the Holy Spirit you don't even listen anymore when he tells you to stop and you're making plans to sin you're making agreements to sin like you got a contract first with the devil next to this guy and then with whoever it is you're going to sin with some of y'all know that you come in here on Sundays and listen to the word and you have an intellectual understanding of it but it's never moved to your heart and so you know what the Word says, but you know why you're sitting in this room that you're going to go back out and do it again. Friend, that's not sin. That's iniquity. And the danger with that is that is passed from generation to generation. Isn't it enough that you're messing your life up? Do you really want to hand it down to your children and to their children? Or should you do something about it in your generation? throw that last phrase that I have about the cycle up please Jesus goes through Samaria and he meets a woman sitting on a well and he has this conversation with her and she says he says give me a drink of water she says why are you asking me for a drink you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan we don't like each other and you're a man and I'm a woman we shouldn't be talking out here like this and Where's your bucket anyway? How are you going to draw any water out of this? Because he said, if you you would just drink from this water that I'm offering you, you will never thirst again. She she says, I got a question about worship. And he says, before we start discussing theology, go get your husband. She says, I don't have no husband. He said, "You, you, you told the truth because the last five you had wasn't your husband and the one you shacked up with right now ain't your husband and here's what he was telling her if you don't break this cycle I hope you like what you're getting out of this well because you're going to have to keep coming back to this well because lady there's a hole inside of you And you're trying to fill it with all the wrong stuff. You're trying to fill it with men. You're trying to fill it with relationships. You're trying to fill it with perversion. You're trying to fill it with lust. There's a hole on the inside of you. And if you will drink the water I'm offering you, you will never thirst again. But if you refuse to break the cycle, I hope you like the water in this well because you're going to have to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back because the iniquity is inside of you. He said, I can heal it. I can heal it, but you have to break this. Nah, No, nah, no, 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 no. No, because there's people under the sound of my voice, you're mad at God because God hasn't taken the taste for sin out of your mouth. God didn't get you into this. God didn't make you walk through that door. God did not put their number in your phone. God didn't put that needle in your arm. God didn't go to the liquor store with you. God did not make you turn that computer on at 2 o'clock in the morning and look at stuff. That God didn't do that. He said, I'll give you the living water to help give you the power to break the cycle. But the decision, is yours. the responsibility is yours. And I want to know if there's anybody in this room that is going to be brave enough to come break the cycle this morning. I didn't even get to preach all this message, but I felt like I had to quit right now. Is there anybody in this room under the sound of my voice? And I know you're going to say, well, they're going to think I'm the worst of the worst. No, we're going to think that you are finally ready to get free. That you keep coming to church. But I'm talking about breaking the cycle. Before you ever get up here, I'm going to ask the, the prayer team to come and be waiting on you. Because by the time you get up here, I don't want you to have a chance to, to change your mind. So if you're staff or if you're a prayer team, would you mind just coming up here and just stand here and wait for them? Because, listen, this is not just praying for sin. Sin's what's on the outside. This is the stuff on the inside. This is, this is the deeper. This is the root. Ye patashita. Saints of God, if this is not a problem for you, I want you to start praying right now because somebody needs to get loose. I feel it in my spirit. Somebody needs to get loose in this place. You have been dealing with the sin. You have been dealing with the sin. You have been asking for God to heal the sin, and the sin is not the problem. That is the what. We want to deal with the why. We've already got them coming, so don't you think you're going to be the first one? We've already got them coming. You've, you, you've prayed about the sin. we got to get deeper than that this morning. My God in heaven. Shh. You've dealt with the why. Holy Spirit, you have dealt with the why this morning. You have drawn them to this altar to expose the why. Shh. God, no doubt some of them are dealing with that demons from their fathers and their mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers. But God, your blood is enough to eradicate the poison that their blood passed down to us. There's nothing you can't do. And God, with every tear shed this altar this morning, I believe in you're bringing healing and wholeness. God, we're not victims. We've made a decision, but the decision that we've made this morning is to bring us to this altar. And I want the decision to bring liberty and freedom. Set them free, Holy Ghost. Break the cycle. It's not too late. If you need to come up here, get up here. I'm not going to preach any longer. If you're tired of being overtaken by curses and you want to be overtaken by blessing, get up here. Shh.